0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we travel to Long Island. We track down Dan. He plays drums for Incendiary and Carcosa. I was really happy to be able to sit down with Dan and pick his brain about being in Incendiary. It still blows my mind that they're able to be part-time but still have such a huge impact on hardcore whenever they pop up out here in california it always feels like an event like something you can't miss just because it's not often that they come out so whenever they do you got to roll out and soak it up because it's always fun i don't think i've ever seen incendiary and been let down and i've seen them in all sorts of different venues across southern california so it's always been a pleasure to see them live so shout out to incendiary super awesome band and if you're into awesome metal go look up carcosa i'll put it in the show notes pretty awesome band that dan also plays in uh, he mentioned that they're coming out with new stuff pretty soon so you can go and listen to their stuff dating back to 2015 was the first release of the, their first demo if i remember correctly just off the top of my head but awesome stuff i, I was definitely Uh, stoked to be able to talk about that and surprised to hear that they're actually coming out with new stuff so shout out to Carcosa so strap in and enjoy this conversation and without further ado welcome Dan to the show Right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Dan.
1: Hey, how's it going,
0: dude? This is awesome. I'm, you know, stoked that we're finally here. We're, we're you know, doing the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a really long time. Uh, you uh, currently drum for uh, Incendiary. A lot of people know about that band. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I kind of want to build up to it because I know you used to drum for A Love for Enemies, and you play in, in another band. So I kind of want to talk about those before we get into Incendiary.
1: Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Yeah, the other band that I currently play in now is called uh, Carcosa, uh, more of like a stoner, doom, like sludge metal band, like Blast Beast, But it's got like a little bit of elements of hardcore in in it, too. Um, We actually just got finished recording a bunch of new stuff. uh, So that should be out in the next couple of months. Um, And yeah, yeah, I I played in uh, A Love for Enemies just before uh, Incendiary. Um, I was with them for about a, a year, maybe a year and a half.
0: Okay and uh so I I'll start with uh, a love for enemies. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. they broke up in uh 2007 is that why your um run with them ended because the band just stopped Um
1: <laughs> uh no I I of like we kind of like parted ways uh a few months before uh they 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 wound up breaking up um there was like if it, there was like a bunch of like uh, personal stuff that had happened, and because they were a Christian band, they were like, "Listen, we know you're not Christian and haven't been since the beginning." And I was like, "I we became really fast friends, me and everyone in that band." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they knew I wasn't. I didn't have like their level of faith. I you know, I'm not really, I'm not religious at all or anything like that. Uh, you know, but I feel like people are free to you know feel, do, and. You know worship however they want to you know it's your choice um so we were we were cool with that the whole time i was in the band but some stuff happened in my personal life and they were like listen uh because of the label and it's a christian label if people found you know like if word got out about what happened um you know like it would be really bad like look for the band so you know we're probably going to have to go with someone else for the next couple of shows and there wasn't really any hard feelings like i totally understood um you know i was just like all right man it's cool like we're cool right and they were like oh absolutely it's not like trust me it's not personal it's not because you can't play or like we have a problem with you being on tour they're just like it's just all business and you know like political and i was just like yeah that's fine man no sweat um so they got a different guy to fill in for i guess i think cornerstone that year and then there was like two other shows that they did and then i think they wrapped it up after that and then I, i came back uh, for their last show, I played like one or two songs there, but um, all of the reunion shows that Alfie did since in the past, like you know, five, six, seven years, I've, I've played all those with them.
0: Okay, and you were uh, lucky enough to play a Face Down Fest because I, I saw, yeah, yeah I, I saw some of uh, your videos on YouTube, which were like, super oh, cool, old. cool, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah,
1: we did. Um, yeah, that I played uh, Face Down Fest that year. I think it was 2007. That was at uh, the Glass House in okay. Pomona
0: yeah and i feel like it it kind of strikes me like kind of like weird because like that period of time i felt like you know face down records was uh pretty prominent in the hardcore scene and like christian hardcore was like a bigger deal back then than it is now uh and but sometimes i i question myself like maybe i'm just out of the loop i don't know but i feel like yeah just back then there were so many bigger like Christian hardcore bands, and uh, especially down here in Southern California, because uh, you know that's where like a lot of them were from. But it, it just mm-hmm. seemed like it was like way more like prevalent back then, and so many awesome bands. And like, I, I was never like super Christian, you know. I, I wasn't like reading my Bible every night before bed or whatever. But I, right, I, I appreciated the, the music. Some of those bands, like you know, help uh, you know you know keep me interested in uh, you know some of the earlier bands that I got into mm-hmm. when I first started getting into hardcore. So I, I think it is kind of weird now, like here in 2020. Uh, I feel like. Like, I, I, I sometimes like, I, I don't even know what it is about that label, but I feel like they just kind of fell off because they had so many good bands, but then I feel like they started. I'm um, doing kind of like different signings, like you know, like kind of like outside of hardcore and you know, not your typical like face down bands, and then I feel like that's yeah, already, yeah, they started like going um, downhill.
1: Yeah, yeah, that it, 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 it's definitely a, a very good observation with with face down and like um, what was it like tooth and nail? I think was the other one, the right. the other big Christian yeah heavy music label, um i i think like right at like beginning like 2010 2011 2012 is when all of that started to kind of like wane a little bit um but that that sleeping giant record that first sleeping giant record is so heavy and really 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 good i remember seeing them play at, at that face down fest and that was like the first time i had seen them i had heard like a few of their songs but i hadn't seen them live and they were like crazy live but uh yeah yeah it's just like it's really weird how that and like you said i don't know if it's just because i'm out of the loop or whatever but uh a lot of that has just like kind of like disappeared it's kind of like a weird phenomenon
0: yeah when i look at that label like some of my favorite bands uh in due time no innocent victim symphony in peril it's just like Mm -hmm. god like those bands are so sick and it it just like makes me wonder like you know like maybe it was just a time and place thing and uh, you know we just gotta you know move on and just enjoy
1: it you know for what it was yeah, it definitely hit its stride. I think that, you know, it's it's not like the same as, but I mean, you can kind of draw a parallel to like Victory Records, you know, like when Victory was first putting out like every single amazing hardcore band, mm-hmm. and then they just put out a bunch of like jokey clown stuff, you know, with a bunch of like weirdos wearing masks and like, you know, like it just kind of like, it, it just wasn't the same Victory Records that put out Hate Breed, you know, it was just like all this like weird like, I guess, like Myspace, RAR, XD kind of bands, you know, and like, they kind of lost a little bit of their, uh their, like, footing. And that's just, I mean, it was just making money. I think at that point, it wasn't so much for like the, the better band. So I, I think you could draw a similar kind of line.
0: Okay. Well, damn. I, I but I, I, you know, when I found that out that you drummed for a oh, love for enemies, I, I thought that was like super sick. Cause uh, you know, like I said, Facedown, uh, will always like, you know, hold like a special place to my heart. So it, it's mm-hmm. something cool to be able to talk to somebody who was like, you know, involved in it back then. And like the, the heyday of FaceTown.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was a really cool time. They, um they took me out on my first like big tours that I went on. before that I played in like a ton of local bands and we would play like upstate New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, like, you know, the the main tri-state area over here in New England. Uh, But I hadn't really done anything longer than like maybe five or six days. And, um, and I went out like the first couple of tours I did with them. The first one I think was like a week and a half. And then we did two weeks over the winter. We toured with Stray from the Path a lot just because they are from our kind of area on Long Island and they were friends with us. Um, So we, we, we did a bunch of tours with Stray in like two, you know like around that in that year that i was with them um and then we did a full us with a day to remember which was like crazy
0: yeah damn it was
1: it, yeah it was just before data day to remember blew up so it was like like the first like leg of it we were kind of like headlining and then like after we played the like we played a florida show with them we played orlando where they're from well, they're from ocala but orlando's mm-hmm. close enough yeah. um and then after that they were just like headlining every show and it was like five six seven hundred people it was like insane
0: yeah my buddy uh, Steve Kibble he booked them it was like a Halloween show it was like in the early 2000s I can't remember what year it was exactly but it was like mm. a day to remember blessed by a broken heart like Foreknown and I think Amna Kara and like some local bands but like mm. just thinking about like because I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area and there's like literally no scene out there right now so when you think about back then early 2000s to think about a band like a day to remember as huge as they are now uh yeah To just think about how they played at some random like banquet hall in indio california yeah uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's insane so
1: yeah we, we played a uh we played a practice space in arizona with 25 to life you know like so and then like two years later they're headlining warp tour so it was like a really kind of like crazy to see their like meteoric rise
0: okay and uh you mentioned briefly uh carcosa it mm-hmm. seems like you guys uh, well you just mentioned that you i'm um, just recorded some new stuff but uh yeah you guys you know uh your first demo account 2015 based off the mm-hmm. band camp and it's, mm-hmm. it just seemed like you guys weren't super active uh was that just because uh,
1: you guys were busy with other stuff or um yeah i mean it was it was it's mostly because, like, we all, like, just, you know, kind of similar to Incendiary, everyone with this band, we all work and stuff like that. Um, so it's not like we were, you know, like, really hitting it and touring full-time. Um, we also spend a lot of time, like, writing and really getting the songs together and practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's why we, I mean, we we played, we played, I mean, Carcosa played fairly enough around Long Island, um, but we just never had, like, the means or, I guess, the... I guess, like, the call to, to travel out of state. We did a couple of upstate shows. Um, but we've just been, you know, we've just been plugging along here on Long Island. Um, re- I mean, we, we, we really enjoy playing together. And like I said, we have, like, the standing uh, practice, you know, every Tuesday. Um, but is it, but we like we like writing and, like, really crafting the songs and getting everything together.
0: Okay. And do you know where the band name comes from? Because I, I, like, tried looking it up. because I just thought it was, like, kind of interesting. And
1: yeah we took it from um like the first season of true detective they talk about it and it's kind of like this like mythological like demon realm kind of thing it's like a like a strange underworld mm-hmm. um and I just i like I was a big fan of the the first season of true detective and I heard that and it was around the time the band was kind of getting together and uh, I was like yo that should be the name of the band because we didn't really we didn't have a band name we were tossing around a couple of different things and I was like yo this should be the band name. It's, it's like really, really cool. Like there's a bunch of cool imagery about it, and we can kind of like you know lift some stuff from here to there. But I think I think you know it's kind of like this like arcane black magic kind of stuff that kind of like fits the the whole like theme of the band like musically and lyrically.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. That's super awesome. I, uh, you know, I'm happy to know where it comes from. But yeah, I do yeah. trying to pick a band name. I feel like is like is so hard these days, especially back yeah. then. Because um, even now it's like I feel like like it's so hard. because so many bands are forming and like every name's mm-hmm. like taken. So you have to try to get like creative with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have like a running uh, note in my phone of just like band names that I either think of or like I'll hear something on TV. Like um, I was watching a true like a true crime show. And they were talking to someone who, like, found the dead body on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And it just said, like, it had, like, the little, like, news tagline. It said, like, the guy's name and then discovered the remains. I'm like, yo, that's a good band name, discovered the remains. <laughs> so I wrote that down. And, like, I just have, like, this, like, running list of, like, you know, cool band names just in case something happens.
0: Yeah, just as you start, like, a new project and you can just kind of tap into that and not have to yeah, stress sure. out about it. Okay. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no one out there take discovered the remains because that's my freaking band. so. If anyone else has not been called discover the remains in the next couple of weeks i'm gonna be pissed
0: (laughs) okay and uh, have you always lived on long island yeah yeah okay hell yeah i i I always talk about this trip that i had it was like probably three years ago at this point like my buddies and i we did like an east coast trip and uh we went uh to long island because my friends are like, really into horror so they wanted to go see like the amityville horror house yeah yep, yeah, yeah. yeah and i, I was like i oh, was whatever i'll go like i, I didn't really i didn't know too much about it and we went mm-hmm. there so we, we went to the amityville horror house and then we went to like a dunkin donuts and then we tried like leaving long island and got stuck on the expressway that's like that's all <laughs> we did and and i yeah. I, I feel like uh like since since I've like started doing the podcast and I've had so many people on from Long Island and just hearing about all the cool things on Long Island, I'm like, damn, I feel like I I got cheated out of like my time there because just doing mm. you know the Dunkin' Donuts, the Amityville Horror House, and then leaving, I'm like, shit, like I, I want to go back to you know to try to experience like more stuff there
1: yeah yeah there's like a ton of stuff here to do i mean i guess that's why it's so expensive to live here and uh you know like it's just harder to leave i think that like speak generally speaking with people from long island like they, they fall into two camps it's like the people that will always live here and then the people that cannot wait to move mm-hmm. out of long island <laughs> like it's just like two. it's like two very and there's like a very sharp line like there's no gray area there's no one that's just like i'm thinking about moving out of state no it's either just like you turn 18 get me the fuck out of here or it's just like oh i'm just gonna live here forever and there's like very little gray area in between
0: yeah i i and sometimes i i wonder if, if that's just because of like you know the mindset of the people where like you know you are because when i grew up in the desert it was kind of like this like negative stigma if you were a kid that never left the desert you're kind of like kind of like looked down upon like maybe like a loser or somebody that just didn't make it but i i, I was like okay cool like i don't want to be like we you know like we call those people like desert rats and i was like oh, i was like i, I don't want to be a desert rat i, I don't want to be a loser i got to get out of here and i had like you know these like aspirations to move to like orange county and i had like dreams of like meeting a ton of cool new people but then once i finally got out of where i lived and moved away i kind of realized as i grew up and became like an adult that it's not that much different from where i grew up like there's not like a, a whole new crop of awesome people it's like literally everybody's the same wherever you go you're going to meet good yeah. people shitty people it's, yeah, like, yeah it's, it's not like like people are like totally different it's like literally everybody's the, the same so i'm kind of like damn like like it I didn't have to leave home. Like I, I love where I live now, but it's like why I, I think about it, like I have some friends, like some of my best friends still live back home and like they're mm-hmm. doing just fine. And like, I'm just like kind of thinking like, wow, like, like I didn't have to leave. Uh, and like, and the people who decide to stay, I, I, I don't think they're losers. It's just like, you know, people just, you know, have their own planet uh, with life. And it, it, it's kind of like, yeah, lame to me that I got kind of sucked into that mindset that if I stayed where I grew up, I was a loser, you know?
1: yeah yeah I, I totally am feeling that kind of similar kind of vibe um me, me and my wife were just recently uh looking for a, a new house to live in we we're renting an apartment but we were looking to buy a house and obviously this is the worst time in history to do that on long island but um it's it's like i had these like emotional blinders onto moving back to the town that i lived in i mean everything on long island is a 20 minute drive from any every anything else on long Island, you know so it's it's not like you know you're it's not like upstate New York where you have like four miles, you know, or like, you know, four hours rather between, you know, like towns and you could move someplace else in completely, completely different. Like pretty much every, everyone's in everyone else's business on Long Island. And even if you move like a half hour away, you're still not that far away from people that, you know, or places that you used to go. So, but I had these emotional blinders on to moving back to my hometown just because I didn't want like the, um, the chapter two of my life to be the same thing as a chapter one, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I kind of got over it, especially because of the way the housing market was. And you know, without getting too inside baseball, it was just like we want—we're we're getting to a spot that's like, like closer to our parents, and you know, we got a baby coming, so it makes things like super easier for like you know them to watch the kid if we need to, you know, go to go to go back into the office or for work for whatever reason.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, dude, congratulations! That's awesome to hear. Yeah. that. You're having a Thank kid. You. Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. December first, man. It's gonna be nuts. Oh wow! <laughs> Is
0: this your your first kid?
1: Yeah. Yeah. First kid. Oh, wow. That's so exciting.
0: Dan, that's, that's soon. That's like two, like two months from now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like seven weeks, six, seven weeks. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting just because of like COVID and everything like that. And like, we found out that, uh, we were, we were pregnant. Well, that my wife was pregnant, uh, like two days before I found out that I had COVID. So that was like a really interesting first month of her being pregnant with us having to be separated in our apartment and everything
0: dude you got COVID that okay I think you're the first person to come on the podcast that has had COVID that's insane oh wow all right ring the bell (laughs) I'm I'm so curious to hear what your experience is like because um I feel like I've had like like kind of like a skewed um view on this whole situation because um Mm -hmm. the pandemic started quarantine and all this but like i never stopped working the only change in my life was that i couldn't go to disneyland i just had to you know find new hobbies and obviously uh you know just kind of been at home more often because there's not a whole lot of places open and i don't really want to go out and be around a bunch of people so right, I, right so yeah so like like i haven't been affected by it like you know some other people that i know who like lost jobs or, or like you who I'm, um, you know actually got sick from it so i'm just so curious to hear like mm-hmm. what it was like for you
1: Yeah. So um, so leading up to the initial shutdown, like end of February, beginning of March, like I saw like, you know, you read about it in the news, you see how everything was ramping up and changing. And I was like, I was just thinking, like, there's no way the office is going to stay open that much longer because this is crazy. And um, and so we shut down the office like in March and end of March you know they have everyone set up to work from home which is cool which is what I've been doing since then for the past like you know seven eight months or however long we've been here um and then right in the beginning of April uh, found out that my wife was pregnant so it was just kind of like a whoa okay so like how is this gonna work in a COVID world because it's like you know you know how it works not this but now literally everything has changed between hospitals and all that stuff so um, I knew right from the onset that it wasn't going to be like a typical we're having a baby experience. Uh, and then two days later, so, so she was like kind of like not feeling good and I'm cooking food in the kitchen. And she says, hey, do you think you could like shut the door to the bedroom? Like the smells are coming in here and it's like really powerful. And I was just like, I, what are you talking about? I don't smell anything. And I was thinking, it's like, oh man, I have stuff in the oven and I should be smelling it and I don't smell anything. And that was right when they were like, oh, if you lose your sense of smell and taste, like that's a pretty good indication that you have it. Um, So I just grabbed a bottle of vinegar and just like inhaled as hard as I could. And I couldn't smell the vinegar. And I'm, and I like, I was at that point, I kind of like, I, I I felt like a thing, like kind of like just like break in like, my mind mentally because it's just like okay so I'm sick did I because like right before I lost my smell I was like we were laying in bed together and we were just like eating grapes and uh, I was like did I just get her sick now she's pregnant and she's sick like did I just jeopardize the life of the baby that we don't have yet and like all of that kind of hits you at once in a wave and I kind of like even forgot like I might even there's a you know outside chance that I might not even make it through this or I might be on a ventilator in a hospital so like I was, I was first concerned about them and it was, it was like this really intense wave of like anxiety and panic and fear all at the same time. Because, you know, like at that point, it was still very new in the timeline of the virus. So we had no idea how things were going to shake out. Um, so I called my doctor and luckily, like I didn't have really intense symptoms. Um, I was just I had a running fever of about 100 for a whole month. And it felt like I was at like 5% battery life all the time, like just really run down, fatigued and tired. Um, I didn't have any respiratory problems. I I didn't have like a cough or anything like that. just like my whole body just hurt. And it was just really, really tired. Um, so, Like I had our, our apartment is like, like kind of small, but it's like two floors is like the downstairs area, which is where our living room is. And then the upstairs area is where like our bedroom, kitchen and bathroom is. So my wife still goes into her office to work. So she would go to work and then I go upstairs and I prep all my food for the day, take a shower, bring everything downstairs, go back up and clean the whole top floor of the apartment and then stay downstairs for the remaining 22 hours of the day um we would watch movies over facetime together through like xbox so i'd have like one earbud to my phone and then one earbud to my xbox um like it's like two headphones at the same time so we could both watch movies together and like still talk um i'd eat dinner on the top of the stairs you know like to look into her bedroom so we could at least eat dinner together and like kind of still have that but um it was just it was just a lot for the first month because like you know first month is the morning sickness and you know she's feeling like shit and like i can't do anything about it because i'm feeling like shit downstairs and it was um you know I, I talked to a lot of people i uh you know people were checking on me all the time when they knew that i was sick which i'm really really thankful for having such a good group of um support group of friends and, and people that cared about me to check in not just my family but like you know people who I've, you know, other people who I've played, played music with, and just, just everyone else just reaching out to me. This was, was a huge, huge thing to help me get through that, like, first month.
0: And while you were, uh, you know, sick, did you like have to take any medicine or, or did you just have to just quarantine and kind of just, uh, you know, let your body take over and just try to, you know, get better that way?
1: Yeah, just quarantine and ride it out. I mean, there wasn't anything that they could give me for it. Um, So they, you know, you just, I just drink a lot of hot liquids, like a lot of citrus stuff. And um I wound up losing a bunch of weight because, because you can't smell and taste anything. Like you don't have like an appetite as, as you did. Like, you you know, when you smell your favorite food, you get hungry. It's just like, Oh, okay. So, well, this is warm and it's going in my mouth and I eat it, you know, and then you, that's it. So like, I was just eating not, uh, not as much as I used to. And sleeping a whole lot and just being even less active <laughs> than normal during, uh, during the quarantine, you know? So it was, it was, just like, um, it was, it was like, it was an experience and I'm really grateful that I didn't have, have it as bad as some people have. Um, I'm, I consider myself pretty lucky to have gotten through it. I mean, with little to no side effects. I mean, just by some of, some of my smells and tastes are like messed up now, like garlic onions and coffee all taste terrible to me which I hear is the common side effect so I'm trying to figure that figure out how to uh you know work on that now with my doctor but um but I, yeah I'm just really grateful that I made it out all right so
0: before you realize that you lost your you know sense of smell um, when you're cooking that food and putting that stuff in the oven like mm-hmm. did you have it could you remember uh, you know b- before you realized that you actually had covid
1: yeah like earlier that day even like i remember you know like everything was just normal and then it was kind of like someone turned a switch off and my like but i didn't even realize it until she brought something up about the smell yeah and then i realized i was like oh i'm not smelling anything i have food cooking in the oven i should be able to smell something what's going on and then like you know you just like racing through and you like linking back to everything that you know about what's going on with the uh with the virus and it's just like oh shit, that's me and uh it was it was it was a trip man for real
0: yeah w- w- with my job i'm like uh i have to be around like a bunch of people all day so uh i w- w- I, I'd carry a, a pack of gum with me and that would be like part of like my morning routine before I left the house I would like you know mm-hmm. check for my phone my wallet and then I would eat a stick of gum and if I could taste it i would be like, all right cool I guess I'm okay and like I haven't gotten yeah. it yet because like I, I'm not gonna lie like I like since I haven't stopped working I, I like I said like I, I've had the, my same job and been around a bunch of people uh, Monday through Friday I honestly just I felt like it was a matter of time until I got it but like, yeah. I, I as far as I know, I still haven't gotten it. Um, I've got tested, but, got tested once, but uh, but I've been okay. So it, it's yeah, definitely yeah, it's something crazy to, to to hear about. But but I'm glad you're okay.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. And like, it's not like I was just like walking around like licking doorknobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, like once they were just like, yo, everyone, it's locked down. Don't leave unless you have to. We weren't leaving, and especially because I knew that you know she was pregnant. I, it was like extra, like we're not leaving. So. um we would only go out like once every two weeks for food shopping and that was it but it was like masks and gloves like the whole time you know like long sleeve shirts even because you know it was still like unknown territory so i didn't want to risk it and um i guess you know like no matter how safe you think you are you know something still might happen i guess that's like the moral of the story (laughs) (laughs) and
0: could you pinpoint any time or place where you think you might have gotten it, or is it just
1: no idea no idea it, it might have been at one of the times going to the to the supermarket early on mm-hmm. um but i mean other than that we we didn't leave the house like we, it was just it was just to go food shopping and then everything else, we were just here we didn't even like see my parents or anything for a long time
0: yeah that's crazy well yeah well seriously i'm like i i like you know i didn't have any prior knowledge to this so you bring it up it's just like
1: mm-hmm. literally blowing my mind right now oh uh, yeah yeah like and it's a story and like i always live like one of the i guess main quotes that i kind of try to live by is that uh interesting stories happen to those who could tell it well so i'm just you know i i love i love telling stories and talking to people so i guess it was just bound to happen to me so i could tell the story about it
0: <laughs> okay well to um switch gears uh, obviously we yeah. um, talked briefly about uh incendiary uh you drum for that band can you talk mm-hmm. about um how you uh
1: you know joined the band and Um, how that whole thing started for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually didn't know. I knew one guy in the band before I joined. And I had seen them play like once or twice before I was in the band. Um, They had, uh, it was right after I got let go from Alfie. um, My friend Tom from Straight From The Path, he was just like, oh, there's this band that's looking for a drummer right now. And you know the bass player, uh, Dan Ter, who was our original bass player. Um, He says, you know, Dan hit up dan and ask him about it because they're looking for someone and you know it's like i know you just want to play drums all the time and they look to be doing some stuff um so i talked to dan and their original guitar player drummer uh the original two guitar players and drummer all moved to boston together who are also friends of ours from the scene around here and uh brendan was still looking to keep the band going with dan so i hopped in and uh Rob our guitar player came in and we had a different guitar player before Brian Audley uh, this guy Kevin um, who wound up leaving and then Audley joined full time and then uh, and then that and that was it It was just like off to the races we we just kind of clicked right away and um, because I think we all are around the same age um, and grew up you know in neighboring towns I think we were just kind of orbiting each other's life for a while and just didn't you know we just by hook or by crook didn't wind up meeting each other until being in the band. But we've all had similar, I guess growing up in the Long Island hardcore scene experiences. So that made writing music that we all kind of like gelled with like super easy because we were pulling from all the same kind of references as far as like songwriting goes. Um, and then, you know, the other thing was that we all were like Brendan was going to graduate school. I was like working a bunch of different jobs, but I think Rob was just finishing college or Um, was, had, had a job. So like we knew kind of from the beginning that we weren't going to be like a full-time, full-time touring band, but we were going to try to hit it as hard as we could. And, um, and that's kind of just been the, the, the mantra since then.
0: I remember the first time I heard of incendiary, um, one of my old roommates, he showed me this band and I was surprised because at at the time he was one of those hardcore kids who, uh, was like kind of jaded and was kind of like not too hyped on hardcore at the moment and um so for him to reach out to me and be like hey you gotta check out this new band they're gonna be like big Just, like you gotta trust me so i'm like all right like this is like you know strange coming from you especially at this point in time so i'll definitely check him out and uh it was incendiary so i, I checked you guys out I was like, damn this band's crazy so like he put me on no, to they- you guys and uh i g- it was always uh, strange to me how um uh, i to me, you guys always felt like a big band, even like before I even like you know saw you guys just like you know just off hearing like the first record. I was like, damn, this band sounds crazy. Like I, I can't wait to see them. And then mm-hmm. you know, obviously, it gets to the point where I, I get to see you like a couple times throughout the year whenever you guys you know, make it out to California. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and just being a fan like you know over the years till now, um, somehow, uh, you guys have managed to just become like a huge band even though you are part-time which i think is like really rare because i can't think of any other band right now that's doing it like that that's a part-time band but has like such an impact on like you know hardcore in general not just like you know your local scene out there in long island but you know just like the entire scene so it's something like a a a trip to me that you guys are able to to make that kind of impact
1: yeah it and you know like trust me like i am absolutely blown away at everything that we get to do because on paper we shouldn't be doing any of it um you know because especially where we're coming where we came from it was just like the bigger bands that were doing stuff were the bands that were just in in the van playing shows on tour like seven months out of the year and we knew we wouldn't be able to do that so we were just like We'll let's just try to do everything that we can you know what with the time that we have and we did that Based it around like holidays, vacation time from work, a lot of weekend gigs um, and just really just like, I guess, pounding the pavement in New England um, anchors up in Boston was this, uh, like kind of like a notable venue that was up there. And, and we, you know, we've we just played up there a lot. Um, a lot of people in New Jersey put us on a lot, um, you know, going down to, to Baltimore and playing there, Virginia Beach. So it was just like whatever we could make in a weekend, like play like Jersey on Friday And then, you know, uh, like somewhere else going down to Maryland on a Saturday and then, you know, back up on Sunday and we just, you know, lather, rinse, repeat, you know, you just do that as many times as you can and hope people start caring about you. And I think, you know, the the crusade would, you know, did, did okay. And then that, that year that we did the three splits with, uh, unrestrained, subalbum, and suburban scum, I think that was really what kind of like put us over with people, um, And I think it's just like people just started digging the songs and it was just like totally lucky. And then, um, you know, then we just like we're just like, hey, do you want to go to Europe? Okay, let's just go. And we messaged uh, this band Iceberg over there and we were just like, hey, we're going to come over. Do you want to do some shows with us? And they were like, yeah. And like when I say that, like not just that, you know, those Europe things, but early on in the career of the band, I mean, we played some real stinkers you know like like 10 people paid or like not even the other bands were there you know so there was a lot of that before it got to you know playing uh you know playing that la show that we did at the beginning of the year where it was like 1100 people you know at, at a headliner so there was a lot of ground between that and the way it is now but uh i'm absolutely thankful and grateful that we've had the opportunity to do that kind of stuff
0: yeah, and I think that it like you know the the, the music uh, I feel like it's like a testament to, uh, you know, to like how great you guys are. Because for you guys to be part time, um, and but to have just like you know these records out and for kids to to bond with it and to want to see you guys that bad, I I feel like you know it's like you know really important um, and shows that if you put out good solid music you know people will care and will show up when you and you have the time to to come out because like not every band can be a full-time touring band i I know that's rough that's Mm -hmm. even rare these days because most things i feel like before the pandemic uh bands were just uh, doing more regional stuff instead of like doing full u.s tours so, mm-hmm. so I, I think, yeah. When, when uh, you know, uh, you, you take a look at um, Incendiary's in catalog, I feel like uh, that's a big part of, on why or, and how you guys are able to, you know, have such an impact, you know, with being like a you know, quote unquote part-time band.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just um, it's like the, just like the songs resonating with people. I think is what is what gets them, you know, gets people like interested in seeing us. Um, and then I think also too around the time that. You know we were kind of like that year with the splits when we were kind of like going over um there was a lot like that's when more and more shows started showing up online like with YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that and like clips from it and, um i mean i've i've always been the the, the audio visual club of the band so i've recorded probably like 150 shows that we've played over the past 10 you know 12 15 years or whatever it is now um and you know so i've always had those online i mean you know that's not like you know, huge following there, but they existed. So I think it was like a combination of people seeing like, you know, little snippets of the of the live shows and then just like the songs resonating with people. Because we kind of write about stuff that, you know, gets people thinking or, you know, is like an issue that people care about. And I think when when you have that kind of stance where you, where you write songs about stuff that people care about and they get behind that, and then it's like also music that they really like listening to, it's like, it's it just kind of like brings everything together in that way.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because you know not every band has like a whole lot of substance. so when you know people like take a you know second and actually uh, you know analyze and you know uh, understand what you guys are you know uh, writing songs about it, it goes like pretty deep. so I, I think that that is like another like component to like you know you guys being you know uh, you know big but being part time. So I I think that that's really awesome and and it definitely shows too um, with like your guys time off you guys you know take th- like the writing process like serious you're not just like putting out like you know BS songs like just to kind of you know keep us like busy
1: yeah yeah like we I, we've never had that kind of felt that kind of time crunch where it's just like oh it's been it's been you know a year and a half since we put out a record we got to put out something else now. Um, we kind of just do it when we feel that it's time to do it. you know, I think that it's been it, it's usually about every three or four years we we try to put you know we try to put out something um and that and that's worked out well for us you know i th- i I don't think that we needed to to cram so much material you know out there just to have it out there. i think I think it's just for us it it worked out better to have more i guess like refined or or like finely tuned songs than just to have like thirty you know, like. 10 different full lengths that people can't remember, like which song was off which record.
0: Yeah. Or <laughs> I hate when band will be, uh, excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with my voice right now. <clears throat> I hate when bands will be like super busy and, you know, um, putting out records like, you know, pretty fast, like, you know, like, you know, like every like two years or every year, but then they'll just, play like one or two songs off each record and then you're kind of just like, wait, like, why did you even come out with a whole record when like like half your catalog isn't even like, you know, getting played live or it seems like you guys don't care about it when there's um, songs that I just love from certain bands that I, they just never play live and I'm just like God, what was the point of that? It, it, it's so strange. But yeah, like sometimes, uh, you know, it, like I prefer, you know, quality over quantity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I don't think that's really a bad approach. Okay.
0: Um, so you have the youtube page so i uh, do you only have one youtube page because I, I only found the one but like the last video was uploaded like 10 years ago
1: uh oh okay so there's like the incendiary hardcore youtube page and then i have like my personal one um so depending on like the Incendiary youtube page the last one i put up uh i th- i think it was the la show i might have put up something since then but i mean we haven't played so i haven't had anything really to to put up um and then my personal one um i haven't really put anything up on there in a while again because just none of the other bands that i play in have any have anything really to to record um also it's just been like kind of like difficult to you know like find time aside from work to get to the like space to like set up all the recording equipment if i was going to do like drum covers it's like kind of like involved and like I always I would have like my friend who does sound come and help me but he's been uh unable to, to to assist me recently so I mean it's something that I'm looking to get back into I just haven't had the uh the extra time after work to, to do so especially with you know like moving and you know pregnancy and stuff like that it's like eats up a bit of your time
0: no I I don't understand that like I sometimes find myself not having enough time to do everything that I want to do in 24 hours yeah. But
1: yeah, yeah, and then still go to work and pay the bills, you know. So it's 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 a it's a it's a juggling act for sure.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I I definitely know how that is. Um, I'm curious, where does that uh, you know uh, passion come from for you, like wanting to like document all this stuff, like along the way? Because it it seems like you're doing it like pretty early on, and even up until now, you mentioned you had stuff like filmed from the the LA show.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's just because I'm a hoarder in general. Like I'm not like that bad. Where I you know like I have a stack of newspapers from 1987 in the garage, but Mm -hmm. like. I, for me, I just want to have that document to remember everything. Like I have most of my notebooks from the college classes that I took. There's like, I have like, like back there, I have like pretty much every lanyard from every tour that I've been on. Um, and I, like, I just, I have in in a drawer back there too, I have, uh, every movie ticket stub and sporting event ticket stub back to 1994 that I've ever been to. Oh, wow. Um, like concerts, all that stuff. I have, to, I have to find a book to put it in. But like, I just like having that that physical record of of things that I did. and um I think it's a good thing to just to have so you could see the progress of things, you know, like especially with something like a band where you could go back seven, eight years to look at a show and be like, oh, yeah, like we've been playing like some of the so- like a couple of the songs we've been playing since way back when, you know, and are still in rotation now with songs that we play live, you know, like songs off Crusade. Um, one of those songs we were we we just recently took out of the rotation, maybe like last year. And so that's like a song that we've been playing for live for 10 years. So you can kind of like see the the song, you know, the, the way the the set has shaped. Um and also like just like the different size shows. I think it's just I think it's just a really interesting thing and it kind of got me into uh shooting and editing uh video, which is something that I really, really, you know, like I discovered that I really love doing. So it just became a thing for, for me to do
0: yeah i i think uh just documenting stuff like you know things that you care about is pretty important because uh for me i'm the type of person I, I hate having like things like personal things like i i don't have like a, like collections of stuff like i, I collect comic books so i feel like that like i have like an abundance of because i've been like you know, reading comic books since like 2011 um mm-hmm. and like band t-shirts those are like the only things that i have like a lot of but other than that i yeah. feel like I, I try to like live like you know like pretty minimal like uh I, I i try not to get it like uh, attached to stuff but i i do like uh you know uh utilizing like you know my cell because it's just so easy to you know take pictures and record mm-hmm. video and it's just easy boom just send it to the cloud and it'll just be there forever and uh yeah like some of my friends are always like you know asking like oh like why are you always have your camera out or why do you want to take pictures and i'm like dude because life you know could end at any moment so let's just try to cherish these memories and it'll, it'll yeah. be fun to be able to look back on these random days that don't really stick out. But when we kind of, you know, flip through the photo album and it kind of pops back up in our brain, you're like, Oh, cool. Like, you know, we did that on this day. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's something, um, you know, cool to, 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 document stuff. So I, I, I think it's awesome that you do that. And I, I love like, uh, you know, like Sunny from hate five, six or yep. Steven from one nine, seven media. I, I feel yeah, like yeah. them just like archiving, uh, you know shows like you know from like the hardcore scene and all the other stuff that uh, you know Sonny and Steven do I I, I think it's like uh, definitely amazing I, I I love that so it's it's cool to like when I found your YouTube page and I was able to you know watch videos like early videos of incendiary or your, uh, mm-hmm. your tour stuff with uh, a love for enemies it's like damn that's crazy because during those times I was like just some you know younger kid in the scene and didn't even know that you know you were filming that stuff so it's kind of crazy to think back about that period in my life
1: yeah. And like I said, it's just like a good window back, you know, and it's like it's it's help, it helps you remember the the stories, you know, like um, forget that there's like a quote about memory, like every time you remember a story to tell it, like part of it changes in your mind, you know, and even though you're telling it the same way, you might be remembering it that you're now remembering the story that you're telling instead of the actual event. And I think by documenting these things, it's a more clearer picture of the actual event.
0: Yeah, I, I used to get so upset with my mom because like she would want to just like you know take photos all the time. And I, I like I just like when I was younger, I I didn't understand and I and I hated it. Like, you know, I it'd be like the weekend, she'd like wake me up, she'd be like, Hey, like let's go take photos like out in like the garden and I'd just be like, No, it, like I wanna watch cartoons or just, you know, play my PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna do any of that. And, you know, she had like uh, tons of photo albums of like, you know, pictures of like, you know, me and my sister as like kids, but then uh, come like Like my late teens, like I was in high school, it it just kind of ended. So there's like this weird Mm. gap where there's like no photos of me, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of strange. Like, did I? I feel like I don't even exist because, yeah, literally, like my MySpace. Because like all the photos of me like in that age range were on my MySpace, and I didn't like back up my MySpace or whatever you had to do before they were like clearing the servers or whatever. So yeah, that whole time period of my life is gone, and I maybe have like. Oh, I think I have like four pictures at most of me and like in like that time frame of my life. So it, it's crazy. And like, I, I just yeah don't want to let those things kind of just disappear. So it's like, yeah, I feel like that's why like I, I try to like document as much as I can these days.
1: Yeah. And it's it, like now, like now it's a lot easier. I mean, back then and that was like even when I was, you know, younger and growing up or in my teens and early 20s, it was still just, you know, like it was the disposable cameras mm-hmm. that was like the, the, the easy. That was kind of like similar to having a camera on your phone where you could just have this like, you know, eight bucks from cvs and you got 32 shots and you could just like take pictures and then it's like oh let's see let's see how it turned out kind of thing um so i had you know like i w- even at that point i had i was always like just like taking pictures and stuff like that just kind of as a way to you know i guess uh immortalize the moment if you will
0: yeah damn i uh, I-, I follow this youtuber uh, his name is david dobrik and he created this like second account called like uh uh, David's disposable or disposables, David I can't remember but I'm um, it, it was mm. it was all pictures um, from like his disposable cameras so like that's all he would do is he would just like you know go out and buy disposables and uh, take pictures and post them on Instagram and I was like oh like that's kind of cool because that's like you know like old school it's not yeah. like you know no filters or anything it's just straight up just a, just a photo so I remember I, I bought like two disposable cameras and I went and got them developed but I forgot to pick them up because I I, <laughs> I I I dropped them off and then I moved and I totally forgot about um, those uh, cameras. And I remember I went back to try to go pick them up, but they said I was gone for so long that they just thought I was I wasn't coming. So they just trashed. Oh, my photos. that sucks. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. Like, I, I wonder, like, how cool those photos came out because I, I, it was like it was two days. It was like a weekend. Me and my friends, we went to Universal Studios and then the next day we went to Disneyland. So like it was like mm-hmm. one camera was for Universal. The other was for Disney. And it's like, yeah, like that. That stuff's gone. So I was like, damn it, that sucks. But I, I definitely uh, want to try sucks. it again because I, I think disposable cameras, like th- that stuff's just fun, you know, because it, it definitely does. Yeah. Like it's like old school stuff. So,
1: for sure, for sure. To kind of bring it full circle, like that that month long Alfie tour that we did, I bought like ten disposable cameras. And, uh, and then by the time we got, like, we're hitting Florida, I was like through seven of them. I'm like, this is going to be really expensive if I have to buy this many. Cause like, it was just like a week into like three weeks of tour. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I should just buy a digital camera. So we went to Walmart and I bought a digital camera and I took like 900 pictures, <laughs> but it was, it's like, it, I, I have all of them on my computer and it's like, you know, like the first time in Arizona and a bunch of like wind farms in the middle of, you know, Utah and like. And so like it's pictures that I could go through and be like, yeah, no, I remember, I remember what we did on that day. Oh, that's us in Roswell, New Mexico. I remember stopping at that diner, you know, and like yeah. talking to that lady about Ali." It's like, it's like, it's it's just like a way to kind of like, you know, pull those, pull those threads from, from history.
0: Yeah. So I, I think it's really important and it's fun to, to, to be able to, you know, have the opportunity to be able to, you know, uh, look back at those times in your life. So I, I, love it and I I think it's cool that you're into that yeah man for sure okay so it's been like three years since uh you know a Thousand Mile Stare came out have you guys written any new songs or other talks is there anything you can speak on if there's gonna be a new record from Incendiary
1: uh yeah um me and um oddly the guitar one of the guitar players have been writing some stuff we have about four songs like 90 percent of the way done um really really happy with the way things are coming out and you know it's like at our normal writing pace where we don't you know we don't put like too much pressure on ourselves we kind of just like let you know let it happen um our other guitar player rob he's been in this um like intensive coding school pretty much all summer during lockdown which i mean you know for all intents and purposes is kind of like um convenient that it happened during lockdown and we didn't have any shows because then he would have been out for a while um but so he we, we hasn't been, you know, we, we haven't seen him uh, at practice or like writing and stuff. So it's just been me and all the guitar player just kind of like putting together the framework for these for these couple of songs. But um, everything that we have so far feels really, really good. And um, Not sure if we're going to aim for, you know, like a like a seven inch or like a one side of like a picture disc 12 inch or like try to put out a foot, another full length. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. But right now we got four and um, I'm sure we'll have a few more, you know, in the next couple of months or whatever.
0: Okay. That's cool. <clears throat> I Actually, do what's wrong with my voice right now. Um but obviously it, it doesn't sound like uh, there'll be a, a 2020 release. There's only like a couple months left in the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not we're not hitting the studio anytime soon. But um I don't know maybe maybe by the end of next year we could uh we'll you know start the recording process. We'll uh we'll see how that ter- how that shakes out
0: okay yeah no well, i'm I'm glad to hear that you guys are at least uh writing some stuff and you know working on new music instead of just kind of letting it you know sit still and kind of waiting so it, it's something good news to hear that you guys ha- have some stuff cooking
1: yeah 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 and like i said it's like all it's all it's all the stuff so far like really liking it a lot so uh hopefully we just keep up the pace you know we've had a pretty good uh pace for as far as writing goes and it's just it's just it's like natural it's not like like i said it's not that like kind of like Force. It's just like you have to put out a record next year it's just like yeah you know we'll write a bunch of stuff and when we're ready to go we're ready to go
0: okay uh kind of want to ask you about your experience on no jumper <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> because sure. um and i'm I, i'm a fan of no jumper i, I watch the, the the weekly show every tuesday so i was like holy shit, this is like you know i'm obviously uh you know He had um, you guys on because, you know, he's friends with you guys. And I was like, oh, cool. This is like, you know, um, like my world's kind of crossing over. I'm like, you know, having somebody on who's uh, been on No Jumper. So I I think that's really cool. So
1: um, I I was just here, like what your experience was like. Oh, it was great. I mean, like, you know, Adam, Adam has been a friend of ours for a very, very long time. He lived with Brendan in uh, Brooklyn, kind of like right around when we were when I first joined the band back then. and so it was just like we'd go to Brendan's to hang out or play a show, and he'd be there hanging out. And he was, you know, we've just been friends with him for a very long time. And then like all of a sudden, like overnight, he was like interviewing rappers and like had a store in Melrose, and it was like holy shit, dude! This dude like took off. Um, so I think it was like not this last time when we played Santa Fe. He was two years before, I think. He was just like, "Yo, come do the show." It was like, "Yeah, we'll come do the show." Um, and we just went and hung out and smoked a ton of weed and bullshitted with, uh, with Adam for like two hours. And then like, uh, he came, he came to the show and hung out. And after the interview, we, you know, like hung around a bunch of BMX dudes in the, the back of the shop and, you know, just like kicked it, you know, it was just like old times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was cool that, that he had you guys on. I I was still, um, you know, kind of, uh, waiting for that Zabalba interview that he kind of mentioned way back then, saying that he's teasing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, Him and Nate actually know each other. Um, I think I don't know if Brendan put them on, but he was just like, yeah, you guys should hang out. You guys seem like you would have a good time together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I guess uh, eventually he might get back to that, Uh, like interviewing like bands, you know, aside from rappers. I think there was like one or two other bands that he had had done um, aside from us, but I don't think he's done any recently.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like the most recent thing, like the only thing like closest to like, you know, like our world is he, he had on um, Franzilla from Attila.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. So I like I watched that because like I, I never really listened to uh, Attila outside of the one time I saw them at Warped Tour um, because mm-hmm. I was like doing merch for this band and our tent was set up right by main stage. So mm-hmm. that day I saw every band on main stage and Attila was one of those bands. So that's like all yeah. I knew about that band. Um, so when I listened to him on New Jumper, I was like, "Oh, this guy is like, you know, crazy lifestyle." And the the one yeah. thing that I was like surprised they didn't talk about was that like he's the owner. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure this is right. He he owns ULG Records. Like he bought it like a couple years ago or something.
1: Oh, Franzilla, I think yeah. so. Like yeah. didn't he? He had like a um, like a clothing company that did like really 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 well. Um, that's yeah. like, isn't that how we got to start? I'm, I'm not too up on my Attila, uh, <laughs> uh FAQs, but <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: no, it, it's still going. Cause he actually talked about it on, on the podcast. So like he was doing the band and the clothing line at the same time and that's how, we, right. Yeah. Right. So, okay. That's cool. No jumper. That's awesome. Like literally I, I watch the live show every Tuesday and I, and I, I think it's so funny to, uh, hear him and his co-hosts. like talk every Tuesday about, you, you know, current events and the rap world mm-hmm. and, just current events in the normal world, so it's pretty interesting. But, but but I think it's cool that you guys were able to get on that platform and get a little more exposure.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was like it was like a crazy thing, and like a lot of people, you know, like that was like their first time hearing about us. You know, like they might have known heavier music or you know hardcore in general, but didn't know who we were. And then from there, they were like oh you know shit I'm gonna check these guys out so that was that was pretty cool it was, it was like the um the the WWE thing we got a ton of you know new people checking us out from the the Aleister Black theme
0: okay I, I was gonna um, get there but it was cool because um you know I, I watch like the no jumper vlogs or whatever but it was cool um t- to see the vlog from your guys's show and mm-hmm. I was like this is so funny because I was like okay normally I'd be watching this kind of footage from like you know one nine seven media or Hate five56 but I'm like seeing this from like the view of like no jumper. So I, I thought it was like pretty interesting and kind of cool. Cause like, all right, cool. Like, like all these people who follow, um, like no jumper who are like, you know, fans of rap who probably don't know anything about hardcore. Um, mm-hmm. They get to get exposed to see what like your guys' shows are like. And that show was wild. Like you can go yeah. watch the footage. There was like tons of people there and kids just going off and you guys killed it that night. So it was uh, definitely fun and cool to see it from that lens
1: yeah adam's like a old school hardcore kid from like new hampshire uh massachusetts i think he used to hang out with like uh like ramallah and like since the flood and stuff like that like those like boston uh hardcore bands i think i don't know if he toured with a couple of those bands just like hanging out or you know them he actually he interviewed uh white trash rob yeah from uh on, yeah. on on the podcast which i think was a great interview it was uh, it was it was good to like hear them talking about like the the, the you know like just progression of hardcore in new england you know and like from people who were like there as it was happening
0: mm-hmm. yeah especially during that time because like i i love ramallah uh I, I think blood for Blood's like so sick so to, to hear white chest rob to you know go on there and speak with adam and just hear like him talk about hardcore i thought it was like super mm-hmm. awesome
1: yeah yeah adam does a great job as an interviewer you know like um so it was it was like it was like them going back and forth because White Trash rob's got the podcast too so mm-hmm. like it was good to you know like their their back and forth i think went really well on that episode
0: okay and uh, you mentioned the whole uh wwe thing can you talk about <laughs> what your experience was like or, or, or like, were you a fan of wrestling growing up
1: yeah yeah i mean how could you not be like i i i'm i'm 38 so i grew up you know like in the 80s early 90s like that like the i guess like the the hulk hogan ultimate warrior macho man era of okay. wrestling uh like the superstars era and like that was like that was like my shit. me and my younger brother like we loved watching wwf all the time um and then like i kind of dropped out like after maybe like 2000 2001 like i i would play like the the n64 games but i didn't really watch it on tv it kind of like lost my interest around then like the end of the attitude era almost mm-hmm. okay for sure um and then I, I i never really like got back into it into it um you know i i'd watch it if it was on but i wasn't like following it as closely as i used to um and a friend of ours uh one of the the cfos the guys who would, used to write the theme songs for the the wwe and they were like oh we got a new guy coming up and i think brendan's vocals would go really good on on this track um so you know you they ran it by and you know triple h gave it the uh the green light and it was it was huge brendan got to perform at like the the brooklyn house show that they did at um you know that that spot over there I, I, i it was like the raw after wrestlemania it was like a huge deal and uh it was like I, I mean, I, I couldn't make it to the to the, to the show, um, but it was it was like enormous, enormous. And like the 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 feedback that we got from it was huge. And um, just the sheer amount of people that checked us out just from his theme alone is like amazing, because I would just see like the YouTube comments on our videos come up. It's like, oh, I just started checking out your band because I heard the Alistair Black theme. You guys are great. You know, it's like, wow. All right, that's nuts. <laughs> so it was, it was a it was really, uh, really, really intense experience
0: yeah i feel like maybe that's like one like you know place where you never thought you'd draw in like fans from just like you know, no yeah wrestling I, crowd. if you
1: yeah if you would if you would have told me you know like 20 years ago it's like hey uh the guy from your band is going to be doing vocals on a wrestling theme and a bunch of like wrestling fans are going to check out your band because of it I'd be like yeah you're full of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i used to love wrestling so much when i was a, when i was a kid and then like and I, I used to like believe it was real or whatever and like I, it's mm-hmm. like you know pretty physical it takes like you know a lot of work those guys are like you oh know, for sure like you know real athletes so like you know um, hats off to them but I, I i remember when i was a kid I, I i loved it so much and i feel like i dropped off like right after like the attitude era like once like i feel like once john cena and like that whole new crop started coming in that's when i kind of like fell off and i would just yeah. I, I feel like I, I went from like loving it to just being like a casual fan so yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Th- also, also around that time they kind of like pulled the curtain back where like your average wrestling fan like knew that it was scripted and knew there were writers, mm-hmm. as opposed to like your average wrestling fan being like, Oh, those two guys really hate each other. You know, like so I think once that kind of like dynamic shift happened in the fandom, um, is kind of like when it's like it changed for me. Um, I also got into ECW a lot. So like that was at around the same time. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this rules cause they got tables and like kendo sticks. So I'm gonna fuck with this. <laughs> yeah, there's like
0: way more blood and just like they just do crazier. So like I I used to love like Rob Van Dam. It's like same- Oh hell yeah, Mr. Yeah.
1: Monday Night Man. Rob Van Dam, Sabu and like the the Dudleys were, like my favorite teams like that that whole and like tommy dreamer and sandman like mm-hmm. th- those guys when they used to just beat the shit out of each other for like an entire episode i was like that was my shit.
0: yeah it was sick uh but like yeah so now i'm like a casual fan and like when, when i was younger like my mom knew that i like wrestling but like her like my mom and my dad just never wanted to you know spend their evenings taking me to an event because they're just like yeah mm-hmm. like we don't want to have to drive that far and you know sit there because like they didn't like wrestling it was just me Uh, for some reason i was just like really into it but as an adult I live here in Orange County. There's like a big uh like arena like right down the road. So me and my buddy Johnny, we actually went to uh Monday Night Raw. And I I I thought oh, it was like, cool. yeah, I, I thought it was like the, the, the coolest thing because even though like I was like still like a casual fan at that time, I still got to see some of my favorite wrestlers just by chance. Like that night, mm-hmm. you know, pop in and wrestle, and it was just like just such good energy. Like everybody around us was like super like you know, nerds about it. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool yeah. to see, like that they're like super into it. So like they just made us feel welcome and like we, we were just like you know, just, just had to good time and i I remember that day like heading to the arena uh, we stopped at the gas station and it was like the 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 it was like this AMPM that's right down the road from the from the stadium and we Mm -hmm. stopped here to get gas and to get like a red bull or something and i was in there as me my buddy johnny and just a bunch of random people just like the locals or whatever and randy orton walks in and oh wow and i'm just like looking around like Dude, that's Randy Orton. I started hitting my buddy. I'm like, yo, look, look, it's Randy Orton, and nobody knew who he was. They just thought he was just some big guy with like, you know, tattoos. Yeah. And, but I was trying not to like freak out and like, you know, like make a scene. But I was like tripping out because I was like, that's Randy Orton. I've seen him wrestle so many times, and he's fucking huge in person. Like, this is crazy. It was just such a trip. Yeah. Yeah. He, he literally walked in, bought a pack of cigarettes, walked out to this blacked out Sprinter van and just left, just super <laughs> casual. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, that's that's crazy. I was like, that, that's so funny to see. And he and he wrestled that night so man, like, this guy's crazy he's out here smoking before his match i was gonna say yeah he needed a pack
1: of smokes after the match or something
0: yeah it, it was wild but that was like like one of my favorite times and uh wrestlemania is scheduled to be um here in la uh this wow. uh, well next year so like uh me and all my friends were like planning to go because we're like holy shit like it's going to be in tech it's quote unquote hollywood but it's not really in hollywood mm. um so we're like okay cool this is like here locally like we all got to go because it's wrestlemania like like none of us have been to wrestlemania it's always been like a thing like we want to go to mm-hmm. wrestlemania so we're going to try mm-hmm. to take advantage of that next year and um, hopefully make it out if it's uh, cool. if it's going down you know obviously we don't know yeah i was gonna point. say if they're letting
1: if they're having people actually go into the arena kind of thing um yeah oddly from my band is the uh, is the big wrestling guy he's a he's a huge mark for wrestling i think he's been i think he's been to a bunch of like of the larger like live pay-per-views that have happened um, either uh in jersey at uh like giant stadium they do stuff there or yeah. like uh prudential center or like barclays they you know they do the larger events in new york around here so he's been to a bunch of those
0: yeah that's awesome that's cool it's, it's always like i feel like uh for me growing up like going out to like big events like that wasn't really a thing for me so doing it as an adult i, I still always like kind of it's like there's this, this like weird aura like whenever like i like you know pull up and we're like holy shit like we're here for this thing it's always like this weird special feeling because like my buddies and i like we go to like um like ufc events because we're like big into like mixed martial arts so we'll go to like ufc Mm -hmm. or bellator so it's it's always crazy going to those things just like the energy there or um like we're we live in anaheim so um our local hockey team's like the anaheim ducks so it's always like super awesome to to go to like a local hockey game which is just blows my mind because like where i lived um out in the palm springs area we didn't have any like national teams so living here in orange county now i have the the Anaheim Ducks and then the the Angels. So it's just, like, super cool to be able to, you know, support local teams and, like, you know, just drive 10 minutes to to the arena and, like, see these crazy, like, you know, national, like, televised games. It, it's, like, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of, like, why, like, well, not why, but, like, where New York and Long Island's kind of spoiled is because we have so many, like, it's, it's, like, Manhattan, the city. It's, like, a major stop for, like, pretty much every tour. And there's, like, so many like professional teams that are on Long Island or, you know, in Manhattan. So you have like, you know, Islanders, Rangers, Devils, the Giants, the Jets, and then the Mets and the Yankees. And it's like all like they all play within like an hour ride from anywhere on Long Island. So it's just like, it's, you you could just like go catch a game. Like I used to go to Mets games with my grandpa all the time. Um, I haven't been to one in years, but uh, it's it's always a fun event. And then um, same thing, like Islanders would play at the Nassau Coliseum. Back when they were playing there before the Barclays Center. So I, I just go check out hockey games there. And it's like, you know, you get cheaper tickets, like, you know, 35, 40 bucks and the nose bleeds and you crank a couple of beers and yell like an idiot and watch a sports game. You know, it's fun.
0: Yeah, I love the the arena right here down the road. It's called the Honda Center, and it it's built like it's not it's not like crazy big, but it's built in a way where like there's not a bad seat in the house. So even if you are in mm-hmm. like the nosebleeds, quote unquote, like you can literally still see everything fine. Because like I've been in the nosebleeds for like uh you know hockey games for uh, for you know like different like concerts or whatever. So and I've still been able to see everything like no problem. So. I'm mm-hmm. So it's cool to, cause I've been, you know, I've like, you know, I've been on like the, like the floor for stuff too. So it's like, yeah. So yeah. I I've kind of seen it from like all different like aspects. So like, I just love that place. Cause yeah, just the way that's built. Like, yeah, like no matter where you are, you're still able to see everything and have a good time.
1: Yeah. City Field is like that. And they, um I mean, I love Shade Stadium. That's where like I grew up seeing the Mets. But uh, mm-hmm. City Field is great as far as that goes. Cause like you could be, will be up getting something to eat. And it's just cause of like the way it's so open, you could just like turn around and watch the game. And it's like, you're not missing anything
0: yeah oh yeah that's it i've been uh staring at this poster that's behind you um is that that's uh, from santa fury 2012
1: yeah that's santa fury 2012 that was the first year we played
0: yeah that that year was cursed for me that was the, that's the only santa fury that i've missed Oh, really? Yeah. And it, wow. it, I, it, it's so fun. I, I, I'm trying to remember what exactly ha- happened, but I, I had this dispute with like my roommate. I think I might have gotten off work later than I had anticipated and he didn't want to wait for me to go. So he oh, just, that's lame. Yeah. So he just took off and like we were living I'm here in Orange County. So to get to where the festival, was, it wasn't like that far of, of, of a drive. But I was like, dude, like we're supposed to go there together. Like it's supposed to be like, you know, like our, you know, our, you know, our summer thing our, our friends we all were gonna like you know caravan up and I was like why do I was like you, you can't just wait like however long it might have been like a couple hours I can't remember but he was mad and just left mm. me so I was like fuck you uh, and I, I didn't go I, I ended up just seeing some like DJ at some local theater which was like not that fun but damn so like yeah so I whenever I see that that, that poster I'm like <laughs> I, I get six out to me, so I'm like damn it that's the year that I missed and there was like so many good bands like uh, you guys play that year I think basement played that year yeah uh
1: what uh what else is on there uh i think yes yeah, the ball was played uh wrong answer the warriors played that warrior set was Damn. unreal i was a huge warriors fan i never got to see him live and then they were like oh yeah if warriors are playing warriors hell uh you know at santa fury i'm like get out of town and i marked out so hard for them when they played mm-hmm. um but that was like that was like the first time we were in california that was our first california tour um we, we played we went out with this band, uh, Sleepwalkers, who went on to do like Dead Heat and um, like uh, Human Garbage and uh, God's Hate It's yeah. like all those kind of kids. Yeah. And um, sing
0: for that band, I-, I remember them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like we that was another thing where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to California for a week and a half. And so we just hit up some other band and made friends with them online. It's like, all right, let's go. And we went and actually Adam came with us. We borrowed his van to do that tour. Uh, and his friend uh, Mike drove us around and um, you know we played a bunch of we played someone we played uh, this place in Reno um, we played a bunch of we played a bunch of spots in California and that was kind of like the crown jewel of that whole California trip was Sound and Fury and it was like our first time playing there and like I still I still like I closed my eyes and I could still see that show happening like from stage it was like such like it was like the first like kind of like whoa shit kind of moment for me you know like with with the band like playing that far away from new york but having like such a like a like a crazy reaction at this huge because it was that that was it was at Santa that place in santa barbara yeah so like war, the, the, yeah. It, yeah 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 so the inside of that place was like massive and just like to see like all these people going off for the for like songs and stuff like that just like really like blew me away
0: yeah i i trip out at like how big that place was because i was there in like 2010 2011 and like I was always like, you know, curious. like I liked that they had that that two stage setup. So it was just like kind of just mm-hmm. like back to back. So it, it like flowed really well, and yeah. and it, it was a big space, but I I thought it was fine. I was like, you know, the the lights are on. It looked cool. There's enough space for everybody, and a lot of people showed up. So mm-hmm. like, I I. I was, you know, kind of sad that they left that place because it was always cool for us to like actually like have to drive like kind of like a, a ways like out of town to, to to get to Santa Fe. It was always like this cool thing like, oh, like we actually felt like we were on vacation. Yeah. But, like, yeah. But, but like the last couple of years, it was like in like uh, downtown LA. So that like doesn't feel it's like literally not that far away with, with like no yeah. traffic from like me. I could get there in like 35, 40 minutes. Oh,
1: well, yeah, it's like just down the block. Yeah, it, 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 I do like that element of like, you know, like the 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 festival or the show the bigger show that you're going to like becomes an event you know it's just like ooh i get to leave work early and now we're gonna go to see a concert you know i'm gonna hang out with my friends it's gonna be sick so like it was that i i totally get that vibe of like that that similar kind of feeling
0: yeah and it was always just so cool seeing so many friends in like a foreign place because i like, you know like for me like i would never go to santa barbara like or like you know that area um like unless it was for sound and fury because mm-hmm. like outside of that i did not really know anybody that lived out there and didn't really have any business going there so it's just like going to like that place and just kind of yeah just feeling like i was in like a foreign place but seeing everybody that i was like friends with and just seeing so many cool bands was always like a like definitely like a special feeling for sure man yeah uh, and I, I i talk about this i feel like, like every episode but uh this year for me that was like traveling to fya and i I know you guys have played Mm -hmm. fya before like shout out to to bob Mm -hmm. and everybody who who worked on that um so it's just like yeah just getting to be able to travel out to florida to go to like a festival it was like yeah i think it was like the that was like the first like fest like outside of california that i I, like traveled like super far for so it was like you know pretty interesting to be able to do that and like have a good time makes me want to like do it more and go check out other fests
1: yeah yeah and like you know like the same thing with us. I mean, we get you know asked to do like stuff, and it's just like um, we try we try to spread it out so that we're playing places that we haven't played before. Um, a couple of years ago, we did the Rumble in Chicago, and that was like one of our first times playing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had played there on a Life and Death tour, but um, we had, it, it had been like five or so years between that first time that we played Chicago and then when we played the Rumble. I think in twenty eighteen. Um, so like we we, we try to you know, still keep it fresh with like the places that we're going to. So we're not playing like the same things all the time, but places like Florida, like California, um, you know, and even like abroad, like England are places that we usually try to hit. We would, we would usually try to hit at least once a year. Mm
0: -hmm. Have you guys ever played Canada?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, we have a bunch. Uh, not recently, recently, but we have, we, we've played Canada a bunch. Yeah. So I feel like there's like this, uh, uh in western
0: canada I, I have some friends up there shout out uh, scoped exposure I, I feel like uh those guys um, they like document like the hardcore scene up there in western canada and oh, okay there's like this uh fest that, that happens uh called wild rose and i was like I, sometimes I, I think about like what mm. cool bands and what bands i think would do good like from the states up there uh and i, I feel like it would it, be crazy to see you guys travel up to like because uh, it's in calgary
1: yeah 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 we haven't played western canada i think we like um ottawa i think is the farthest west we've gone okay uh into canada uh we played montreal a bunch of times um and our friend dave up there in in montreal would usually put us on uh we played um one of the times we were in up there it was like us suburban scum mad ball and like figure four and that was like crazy tour that we did that was like one of my favorite tours that we did far because i got to see figure four you know Mm. like. How many people can say like not only did i see figure four play but i played i did a tour with figure four it was, like mind-blowing for me
0: yeah dude that band's so sick they yeah they they did a couple shows like oh, it was like a couple of years ago not a couple of years probably like four or five years ago I, I can't remember um what year it was but i remember th- they played chain reaction and i i, I was mm-hmm. just like blown away because i had a buddy who uh, reached out and it was like yo like figure four is playing chain reaction in a couple months and i didn't believe them because you know figure four hadn't been like active or anything so i was like why would they just randomly yeah. play chain reaction and then like a couple months later like the flyer came out and i'm like holy shit like i finally get to see figure four this is gonna be so sick because like th- that band I-, I i think still holds up to this day you go back and put on any of their records i think they're yep. still super
1: solid. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I usually, I, I, you know, they're, they're in, uh they're in constant rotation for me as far as listening goes. Um, You know, like at, at least once a month, if not every other month, I, it's been, uh, 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 suffering the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like my favorite record by them. And, uh, it was, it was just like sick to like, to play with them. And then like, you know, a couple years later playing with comeback hit a bunch and becoming friends with them. So it was just like, it's just, it's just like, it 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 always like blows me away when bands that I grew up listening to or that influenced me heavily or that like I kinda look up to start becoming like friends and stuff like that and acquaintances and people that you you know, that like, hey man, how's it going? And like you're like recognizing and stuff like, like that, that still like gets me even, you know, as old as I am now, it still gets me, you know.
0: No, that's cool because obviously you are a fan of those bands before uh you know incendiary took off so to kind of like you know have them as your peers now i i can see i like how that could kind of like be a be a trip you know to kind of just like look at them be like holy shit like we're kind of you know touring together playing shows and stuff so it's like you know you were that kid who would just go out to shows to see them but now it's like you're up there mm-hmm. on the same stage with them so uh, you know it's cool it's awesome
1: yeah I've, I've always tried to be a fan you know like just like think of it that way because i think what happens sometimes with people in bands is that they forget what it's like to be on the other side of the barricade, you know, mm-hmm. on the other side of the stage. Um, and they kind of, like, lose that, that. Like, you know, if they don't show up, there's no reason for us to be here. So I always try to give as much as my of myself and my time to, like, the people, you know, like people that come to see us play as possible. And just, like, kind of keep that fan mentality where it's just like, yeah, okay, so, like you know uh the one of the guys from comeback kid andrew he's like friends of ours now but it's like in my head it's just like oh he's in comeback kid and i love that band and i'm gonna stage dive to his band when they play later (laughs) you know so it's like trying to trying. i always try to keep that in the back of my mind what it's like to be the person on the other side because one day like you know someone that i talked to at the merch table for an hour is going to be playing in a band that we play with and they're going to be like flipping out and I'll be like hey man i remember your band from last time you know like we talked at that merch table for a while how's it going you know and like just try to always put myself in, in someone else's shoes like that
0: yeah for sure i i always like uh you know talk about how when i do this podcast like when i talk to people from bands like i'm, you know, I'm talking to you I'm a fan of incendiary, like, I'm, you know, I, I'm not too cool to, to admit that I'm, you know, still fans of these bands. That's why I, I want to, you know, have these people on the podcast because I'm a fan mm-hmm. of their, their art or, uh, you know, th- their music or, or whatever it may be. So that's like the, you know, the, I feel like the, the whole driving force behind this podcast is because like, you know, it's me being a fan who wants to, you know, just be able to have these conversations and put it out there and share it with other people who might be interested in hearing, you know, stuff from these people that they're also, you know, a, a fan of. Mm-hmm but I definitely have made friends like through the podcast and I, I'll like, you know, kind of sit back and trip out and be like, damn, this is weird. Cause I used to, you know, just like spin these records and never even imagined that I would like, you know, be on like a, you know, like, like a, a friendship, like, you know, basis with like, you know, certain people. And it's just like, all right, that's kind of cool. But then it also kind of reminds you that uh, we're all just human, you know, like yeah, e- e- even though people will like, rise to certain statuses or whatever but at at the end of the day it's just like yeah we're all just you know just human we're all the same just you know happens some people just in a popular band but you know at the you know base of it all it's like yeah we're all just normal people
1: yeah we're all just people and you know we we all live and have experiences and you know if 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 someone you know like i i because i know what it's like to like have to Like if you see, you know, someone that you look up to or you think is a famous person or whatever to like muster up that strength to go talk to them, sometimes it takes you all day to do it, you know, and you're having that conversation back and forth, just like, oh, they're they're not going to care or whatever, or they're going to think I'm stupid, but maybe I'll just go say hi, like stuff like that. So I know what it's like to have that kind of like thing. So like, I try to make myself as accessible to people as possible and be as open as possible to people like that. And, um, You know to kind of like make it a little bit easier because i think that was another thing that kind of like um that i love about hardcore in this in the scene in general is that like the the person in the band that you're seeing and the person standing next to you at the bar is the same person you know there's there's that barrier between i guess like the the like the star in quotes and just like a regular person it's very very shallow it's not like you know like oh Ozzy Osbourne's over there and there's no way you're going to be able to talk to him because he's like mobbed or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, oh, you know, like there's, you know, like Nate from Converge is just hanging out over there and like I'm going to talk to him for a little bit and most likely he'll talk to me, you know, like it's like there's that kind of like that collapsing of that wall, that barrier, I think is is what really like resonated with me um, when I was first getting into hardcore. And, you know, I hope it's like something that people recognize about the scene and like keeps them into it
0: yeah for me doing this podcast and uh just kind of i always uh felt weird about using um you know my connections quote unquote to to get people on the podcast i was i always like feel weird if i had to go through somebody to get to somebody but Mm -hmm. but i kind of just got over that at some point i was like all right maybe like i had to start utilizing that because some people just don't check their dms or don't check their email And it's not that they're ignoring me or don't want to talk to me it's just that they just really never saw my you know initial message or email or whatever so it's just like um once i started doing that and and becoming more comfortable with that and then like you know kind of just like you know i started kind of like building this network and you know people kind of like starting to know me for for doing this and hearing about the podcast and starting to see it more because like more people are on it and posting about it um it 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 is like people in hardcore are super accessible like people that i never imagined but even want to give me the time of day it's just like oh cool like they're actually down to talk that's awesome so it's just like yeah it's true like in hardcore um people are you know pretty accessible and i'm you know not that far out of reach if you really think about it like some people may seem like they're like super far out of reach and um might seem like you know really far away from you but it's like no like it's like not that far not that difficult to get a hold of somebody
1: sure and like you know like you said with the podcast the more that you do it and the more people that you have on the more people know about it and the easier it'll be to get other people on
0: you know for sure and it definitely in my early days i uh didn't really know like where i was going to go i, I just kind of w- would hope that people would uh, be willing to take a chance and you know, people did and i'm like this like this december like i think like december like 15th or seventeenth or something I, I gotta look at the date it'll be like mm. three years of me doing this like you know consistently and like taking it serious because nice it's, yeah it's like the the first chunk it was like uh like very experimental just like me telling like random stories and like just real no direction and i mm-hmm. uh like i like guess it's, it's embarrassing yeah you, the the episodes are up you can still go listen to them they're, they're like really oh, yeah. <laughs> really whack so i i don't suggest you to go listen but they're there if you're curious <laughs> um but yeah but it's just like yeah just like me working hard at this and i'm um, you know having help from you know people b- behind the scenes like willing to put me in contact with like their friends and it just kind of you know spiderwebs after that like you know their friends and friends of friends and then you know people yeah just reach out in like the most random ways so i'm just like super thankful and like i I, it's cool to see where it started to where it is now because it's like all right cool like hard work does pay off so it's just, yeah, like, yeah so I, I'm just glad that I, I stuck through it because there was definitely times where I was like, you know, trying to find excuses to not do the podcast. But I luckily I had like, you know, people around me just like kind of pushing me to do it. Like they're like, yo, like you got to just stick with it. Like, you know, don't give up on it. And sure enough, I, I you know, worked hard and still working hard. So I, I'm definitely, I'm happy to be able to see that kind of growth.
1: Yeah, man, half, half the battle is just showing up, you know, whether it's good or bad, the fact that you're showing up to do it, it counts for a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. So 2020 has been a weird year obviously yeah. you mentioned that you have a a, a a baby coming um you know on the way in in december uh mm-hmm. like outside of like work do you have anything else going on to like keep you preoccupied do you have any other bands you're working on outside of uh incendiary and carcosa
1: um pretty much just them two uh like once a month i have a standing appointment to play uh 90s top 40 pop hit cover songs with my brother and a bunch of our friends from from my old town um we got about like 20 songs under our belt and it's all like you know like third eye blind weezer muse um billy joel just like just like stuff you know like radio stuff that Mm -hmm. we all like grew up listening to and it's fun man um i i i love playing covers like my hardcore retirement plan was to be in a in a bar band you know that plays for three hours a night and just play bon jovi 20 times and oh. get paid 700 dollars. <laughs> so like that's that's like, that's like just
0: take dude, that to, yeah like, you're having fun just jamming out fuck it
1: oh it's, it's it's my dream gig man it's so it's so much fun so like um so i've been doing that on and then uh writing with uh incendiary and, and carcosa um and then uh yeah I, I mean not not other than that not too not too much else just like working and uh just trying to you know find a new place to live has been occupied most of my most of my year you know this uh this this year since uh you know finding out the, about the baby and stuff like that but it's it's been fun. it's been a, it's been a very adventurous year, a lot of stories.
0: Okay. I, now I'm kind of curious about this, this cover band that you do. Yeah. So th- th- when you're out there doing the, the gig, do you guys have like a set list or do people have to like
1: uh, request songs? Um, well, I mean, we don't play out. I mean, it's just us playing for fun. Oh, In okay. my practice space. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah, 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 okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, 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 we're not playing out anywhere. It's just us, you know, just like jamming songs in, in a practice space. It started with like a list of like 12 songs and then, uh, because um, you know my brother plays guitar, mm-hmm. but he never really like played in a band or anything like that. He would just you know play guitar for fun. He, he, he wrote some music um, with a couple of our friends for um, you know just like general like TV stuff. Um, and then he would, there was like a singer that he, a solo singer that he was working with, but that kind of like fizzled. But like he he always had a passion to play. My my dad was a guitar player, mm-hmm. um, and his brother played bass, so they had a band together uh, a while ago when they were younger um and then you know one day my brother just hit me up he's like yo you want to start playing some songs i got you know our friend joe playing guitar and john's gonna sing and we're just you know just fuck around i was like yeah let's do it you know and so they i was just like make a list of songs you guys want to play i pretty much know how to play them if you tell me what songs they are i'll listen to them a few times and we'll you know we'll just kick it and now it's like we got up i think we're around 20 songs in to the set and uh you know like before before the next you know like after we have our monthly rehearsal it's just like all right the next day is just like okay what songs are we adding for next time and then we're just going to keep trying to add songs and take you know whatever songs aren't working we take them away and whatever songs are working we keep playing them it's it's, it's a blast man it's such a blast
0: that's cool that that's awesome That's that's a lot of songs 20 so you guys literally go through all 20 songs
1: yeah, we usually run the set twice like every rehearsal. You know, we drink drink a couple beers, you know, yeah. and you know, like bullshit some stories in between and you know just catch up with everyone, but it's uh it's it, it's it's good, man. It's real good. Okay. And like I said like like most songs like if I like especially these songs um that I've been listening to pretty much my whole life and have heard thousands of times on the radio and through other things and just like, you know, casually listening to it myself. I pretty much know how they go from memory. So that's why I'm just like, yo, pick a couple of songs Just tell me what they are the day before we're supposed to play them. I'll just do a refresher, listen to on the way, and then I could just crank them out. So that's like, it's just easy. It's just like, you know, shooting free throws with your friends in the backyard.
0: Oh, yeah. That's sick. All right. Last thing before we go. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on, there's a local Long Island burger spot called All-American. Oh, Yes. I'm curious about it. I, I've heard about it. I, I've never been, but I, I just have to ask you since you're you're from Long Island. You're still there. I I, mm-hmm. I just want to hear your
1: thoughts on All-American. All-American is fantastic. It is um. it is not I would say it's not like gourmet food or anything like that. It's a burger stand. OK, okay. so you just kind of have to recognize that first. For a, for a burger stand, it is exquisite. They have kind of like a short menu, but everything they do there, they do it so well. And it's just been this kind of like staple of Long Island existence for, I guess, however long. they've. Been. I think they've been open for like 40 years, 50 years to this point. Um, it's on the South Shore, which is where all the good beaches are. And in the summer the place is slammed from open to close. Like you, sometimes you just can't even get in, but like they just, like I said, they make like hamburgers, cheeseburger, double hamburger, double cheeseburger. They do hot dogs, knish and like French fries and that's it. And it's just like, you pick one of those seven things and then you just wait and then it comes out and it is so good. It is beyond good. Wow.
0: Damn. D- yeah. they, they need to hire you because you just sold that really well. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really
1: glad to hear that. Um, yeah and i'm like i'm like glad that like they didn't like you know franchise or anything that there's just like that one location uh-huh. and i think they they own the the same people own like an ice cream shop next door but that's about it and it used to be they they would close for the winter because i mean more or less they're seasonal but i think the past couple of years they've gotten so popular that people still go there in the fall and the winter so it's still like while you know still like busy they don't have an indoor eating area it's all like outdoor but you just eat in the parking lot you know and uh-huh. it's like um it's just, it's, it's like one of those places. It's like one of those like pinnacle Long Island places, all American. Shout out to all American. <laughs>
0: Damn. All right. That's seriously somewhere that I have to hit whenever I get back to Long Island. So I, I'm definitely, you know, stoked to to hear you pitch it. So thank you. Um, yeah. man.
1: Hey, when you get back here, hit me up and we'll go, I'll take you out to all American, man.
0: All right. And for sure. I'll, no I'll, I'll
1: take you up on that. Um, uh, for real. All
0: right. Hell yeah. But seriously, I, I, w- I want to thank you for taking the time to to do the podcast. This has been a blast. I, I feel like we kind of, yeah. uh, you know, we're all over the place. I, I got kind of emotional with your story about getting sick. Really happy to hear that you you made it through and you're doing thank better. You. But uh, before we go, is there anything you want to say or shout out?
1: Uh, no, man. Just like everyone, you know, just like stay safe. You know, as cliches that is, you know, just take care of everyone else, man. Like a lot of people are hurting right now. Uh, whether it's like mentally, physically or whatever, and, you know, have a little bit of patience with people and take care of everyone you could take care of, man. It's the only thing I could say.
0: All right. Well, thank you again, Dan. This has been awesome. Thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top.